0: Will you pray with me now? Lord God, we know you are our ever-present help in times of trouble. Speak to us now as we spend this time exploring your word. May your presence be peace to us, your promises fuel faith in us, and your purposes to be fulfilled in us today and in the week to come. Amen. Well, in a week of uh, journeys, um, I would just like to start by saying a fantastic new journey began this week as uh, my sister Louise and her partner Brett welcomed baby Rose Olivia to the world which is just a wonderful, yeah, wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, So I am an auntie again. Um, The children have a new cousin. Isaac has a new sister. It's a fantastic piece of wonderful news, that new life, that blessing that has come to all of us. So we welcome Rose into the world. One of the other new things we've discovered this week is the Mismaze. It's the winding labyrinth, which is cut into the top of St Catherine's Hill you saw it on the uh video that the joneses made it's fascinating that i'd written this talk not knowing that was where they were going to do the video for the road to emmaus and then when the video came in it was one of those God moments where you just realize that this is what god is speaking to us about this week this is what we are saying you can see my photographs there of the um the path at the top of the miz maze and my feet as i walk along it um it's a winding labyrinth i said which was probably discovered labyrinths themselves around 4,000 years ago, Um, although the one on St Catherine's Hill uh, they reckon is probably about from medieval times. The legend, however, says it was cut into the hilltop um, by a student from Winchester College as a punishment, which is certainly some detention, isn't it? The Miz Maze itself is a narrow pathway. It takes followers on a journey from beginning to end, following a single track path with grass banks on either side. The path, as you can see, it's only wide enough for you to put one foot in front of the other and it's also quite shallow. It's deep enough that it exposes the chalk underneath the surface but it's shallow enough so that you can see the other bits of the path around you and you can also see the other people who might be walking it at the same time who are sat around the edges. Walking a labyrinth itself is a very, very ancient practice. It's one that is still completed today by lots of different people in lots of ways. Um, It can help reduce stress. It provides something proactive to do. It can have a calming and restful effect. It could have an enlightening one. It helps people to focus, to cope better with things and let go of worries, stress or grief. It can help you to find stillness in the midst of busy or precious lives and it can help to decide next steps. It's something that is used by the recovery college who uh, look after the mental health of people and we know at this time that our mental health is so important as well as our physical and spiritual so I reflected as I walked on St. Catherine's Hill about journeys. A lot of the time, my own journey is following a path cut by others, trodden by others for years before me, and a path I know will be trodden by still others in years to come. Whether that's my journey of faith or my journey of life, I can see that sometimes things are laid out, they seem straightforward, and yet at other times things seem really confusing. Sometimes you can sense you're at a middle point. Sometimes you can see the end. Sometimes you seem to be going back on yourself, taking unexpected turns, passing back ways you've gone before, or sensing that this road is familiar and yet also different. Others may be walking with you, and you can see them as they go, as you go. Sometimes they're a bit further on, so you can see where you're heading, sometimes they're behind you and you catch a glimpse of them as your own path twists and turns sometimes you're in the front leading others sometimes you're being led by strangers by friends by family further ahead on the path and not everyone is on the journey you might see others who seem interested but are just watching from a distance at the moment you may also be able to call out to others Listen to them, ask for their advice. You may be alone. Walking a labyrinth not only gives you time and space to think, but it also gives you a different perspective, as it will be different each time you travel along it. You will be a different person each time, and even when it seems like you're back at the beginning, actually you've travelled quite a long way. There is a final destination to reach, and you can take things with you, Up at St Catherine's, people seem to take a small piece of chalk to lay down at the end with all the other pieces. A reminder, perhaps, that we can all take up and put things down. That we do join others at the end. That our small part and our place in the world makes a difference. We have seen in our communities throughout this pandemic that everyone does have a part to play and that we can all make a difference. So what can journeying through a labyrinth say in the context of our reading this week? So we heard the words from Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. Two of Jesus' followers, they're going along the road from Jerusalem to their home in Emmaus, and they're chatting about what's been happening. Mike and I have been chatting a lot in our almost daily walks about what's happened, what's going on for us, because there is something in walking and talking And processing with others that can be really helpful the two followers were joined by a third man we know this was jesus but they didn't at the time this might be because their spiritual eyes were not yet opened although they'd heard jesus had risen from the dead they didn't actually believe it so they couldn't see him for who he really was true jesus had been changed into his eternal spiritual body that's the one we all get when we're resurrected. I'm hoping mine has slightly easier to manage hormones. But they didn't recognize him as he appeared to be a normal man. I wonder how many times have we been with ordinary people and not recognized Jesus in them? Jesus asked them what they were talking about. He of course already knew the answer but it's just so typically Jesus to let us talk it out and discover it for ourselves. He wants us to say out loud the things we're saying about him to help us process and understand them. It's really useful to verbalise your thinking, even if you think it will sound silly or strange to those around you. How many times have I not talked about what I know about Jesus out loud because it sounded silly, or I wondered if it would sound strange to those around me? What would have happened if those men on the road to Emmaus had been too afraid to say what they were really thinking about? That it sounded silly? Would Jesus still have walked with them? Yes. I think he'd have given them multiple opportunities to put things right. I know he does that with me. I teach at secondary school and I've got a really good relationship with the cleaning team as I talk with them most days. I teach food so I do have to sometimes apologise at the state of the kitchen and they are always brilliant and we work together to get it all clean and looking sparkling again. I have had the opportunity to share my faith with them but I've not often taken it because I wondered what they would think. But God has kept giving me opportunities and when they have asked questions... I've been able to respond. That verse came to mind. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. It's from 1 Peter 3 verse 15. I know that because I looked it up. (laughs) I don't think I've noticed before, though, that it carries on after those verses and says, but do this with gentleness and respect. And that actually helps me to think about how to answer questions next time I'm asked. I've even put a copy of the Alpha booklet in my bag. Maybe when we get back to school, I'll have the confidence to hand it out when God gives me the right opportunity. The right opportunity. So back to our walkers. Jesus has asked them what they're thinking about because he often taught people using questions. Effective questioning is one aspect of teaching and learning that we look at in school. It's a really good way to check understanding, encourage deeper thinking and reasoning. We also at school talk about differentiation, that adapting of questions based on our prior knowledge of our students, making sure we ask the right question at the right level to help that student move on. Jesus, being the all-knowing being that he is, also knows everything about us. So I wonder if his questions and calling to us are adapted based on what we need to know, what we need to realise to move on in our personal journey with him. One of the disciples, Cleopas, says to Jesus, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. You can sense the, where on earth have you been? In Cleopas' words to Jesus. Which is quite amusing, as Jesus hadn't actually been on earth, but defeating death and hell and sorting out the spiritual realms. But Jesus wants to listen to what Cleopas has to say. He tells Jesus of what they know, what they hoped for. How many people today still regard Jesus as simply a prophet and not as the risen Lord? How many are still hoping for that Messiah to redeem Israel? Cleopas continues that some women from the group astounded us by saying they'd found his body gone and a vision of angels who said Jesus was alive. And some of the other disciples, probably Peter and John, had also found the empty tomb. Note here... The men did not get a vision of Jesus. The disciples themselves still only had proof of an empty tomb. They knew his body was missing. They didn't believe what the women had been privileged to see. On our road to Emmaus, Jesus, patient as ever, so clearly not homeschooling during lockdown, he tells them they're foolish, they're slow of heart. He takes time with them, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. The two walkers were Jews. They'd have known all about the suffering servant described in the Old Testament, the promised Messiah, but they didn't connect the two together. Jesus himself had been teaching his disciples over and over again that he must suffer and die, that the suffering servant was the Messiah, but they hadn't got it yet. So when did they get it? when they asked Jesus to come in and stay with them the story tells us that as they came near to the village where they were going he walked ahead as if he was going on but they urged him strongly stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over how many times has Jesus spoken to us on our journey been by our side yet we've not recognized him we've not invited him in the disciples on the road to Emmaus invited him in because they were concerned for Jesus' welfare. It was getting dark, times were dangerous, and uh, they were being loving and generous to this, this stranger. Once invited in, they shared a meal together, and Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognised him, and he vanished from their sight They would have seen Jesus break bread many times before, but it was in this act that they finally saw who he was. Jesus is revealed to them through the thing that he does, the breaking of the bread, which symbolizes the breaking of his body on the cross. We remember that at every communion service. Jesus shows up when we break bread together and we remember that he is who he says he is. The action confirms our heart and head knowledge. Indeed, the first thing the disciples say to each other once Jesus has vanished is, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? I wonder if you've had that burning feeling in your heart, that knowing in your knower that there's something about Jesus that he speaks to you. I hope you have experienced confirmation of his great love for you in the breaking of bread or in some other ways. But if not, can I really encourage you? Explore what it means to know who Jesus is and how much he loves you. Join an Alpha course. Phone a friend. Ask us for a virtual chat. Walk a labyrinth, but seek him. So what is God saying to us this morning through this reading of his word? It will be different for all of us because we're all at different stages of our journeys. Thinking back to the labyrinth idea, I wonder if you might like to walk a labyrinth close to your home. You might like to create one in your garden or on the pavement, or we could do one in the church car park. Socially distance, of course. But may I encourage you to visualize where you are on the road of your life. Know that Jesus is walking it with you that he will never leave you and that he will always be there to be discovered to both ask and answer questions. So let us pray. Lord, wherever we are on our journey through life, would you reveal yourself to us this week in new ways? May your presence be peace to us, your promises fuel faith in us, and your purposes be fulfilled in us today and in the week to come. Amen.